Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about eagles. And today we're delighted to have our friends from the Age Old Question podcast, Clint and Rich. Welcome to their very best, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. I have to ask, like, should it be the Eagles or just Eagles? It's Eagles. It's got to be Eagles. It's Eagles. It's got to be Eagles. They say it's Eagles, but maybe we should override that and call them the Eagles like everybody else. This seems to me part of what we need to talk about today is that the whole world knows them (laughs) one way and they claim to be something else. Totally. Even the Wikipedia page refers to them as the Eagles. Except it's lowercase. It's lowercase yeah. the. That's the, that's where they get. <laughs> that's how they get you. That's a astute yeah. observation. I think that's it. So let me do a quick format note for the for the audience. So usually what we'll do is like a classic three by three is that we'll take turns and we'll do six songs. And in this case, we're just going to do two by two by two by two. And we'll each have two nominees for their very best. And Billy, what do you think? Should we let the guests declare, make the I think it's proclamation? Great. Yeah, I think that's a great move. One thing I love about your podcast is that you, like, you come to an agreement by the end of the show on something. And so I feel like we should... You should be forced to agree on their very best at the end of this one. I, I don't think we're gonna have any trouble. I don't think. Okay. I think we're gonna agree. So, guys, one of the things that we wanted to do, and we actually got a um, waiver signed by Jeff Simons on your <laughs> "What's Up with the Eagles" episode, yeah, which was so great. So, people who listen to this podcast, if you're interested in hearing more discussion about the Eagles, you got to check out the Age Old Question podcast particularly their why it's up with the Eagles and why do people hate the Eagles? I think it's episode five. It's great. And uh, you have a, a frequent guest, Jeff Simons, and he's on that episode giving his take on why he hates the Eagles. And we're, you know, that's not what this podcast is about, but we have to get it out of the way. We know Jeff a little. He's been he's been on our show. He came to do what we used to we used to have this segment called the Voice of Dissent, and it would be like somebody who came in to say what we got wrong. Yeah. And we had Jeff Simons in, and he was very gentle with us. But like the dude, he knows what he's he knows what he thinks, and he's so eloquent about it. And yes, he he's incredible. And he's as you say, like he knows what he he, he knows what he wants and or what he what he likes, and and he knows how to talk about <laughs> things he doesn't like. And it's incredible to have him on the show. We absolutely love him as a guest. And Jeff is really, really laser sharp with his criticism. <laughs> so I'm prepared to play a couple of clips here of like fragments of stuff that he said about the Eagles on your podcast. Check it out. This is some of what he said. I hate the Eagles. <laughs> I like a lot. There are lots of bands who suck. The problem with the Eagles is they choose to suck because they're all good. They're all good players. They're all talented musicians. And they decide to sound like that on purpose. 
So there's that. Classic. Wow. If we played the whole segment, it would take up like half of this podcast because he just lays in. But there are a couple of more things. I wanted to just play one more segment. This is less than 60 seconds. Check this out. They were like the music you sat on the lawn at an outdoor summer concert venue and listened to. Miami Vice episodes turned into pop stars. They are bland. They are like white bread bland, right? I mean, when I think of the Eagles, I think of like a Big Mac that's been under the heat lamp for three hours or a bag of stale Chips Ahoy cookies or like a middle seat on a Southwest flight to Atlanta. That is... Okay, so like... So that's what we're up against. What a setup, right? And of course he's wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, the, right. <laughs> that's the truth is that's not accurate. But it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's also funny because, like, I like sitting on the lawn in an amphitheater <laughs> right. in the summer. Like, right. I like that. That's not a bad thing. That's a wonderful thing. Totally. All right. So, guys, let's get into it. So, as Waldron said, we're going to do two rounds where we each say a song. And I always like it when we say a song that's on one another's lists. Like, for me, that's exciting because that means you go deeper in your list, right? So... I'm very interested to see if which songs we have in common. And Rich, I'm inviting you to go first with your first pick. Wow, what a privilege to go first. Yeah. Well, I'm going to draw upon that episode that you mentioned, episode five, when we dig into the Eagles, because it was sort of an aha moment as Clint was talking about their sound. And he said, you know, it's sort of a peaceful, easy feeling. <laughs> and I realized that is... Perfect. It is the epitome of what the Eagles are about and what they sound like. And so I'm going to talk first about the song Peaceful, Easy Feeling. I like the way sparkling earrings lay against your skin so brown. So the song, interestingly, was not written by any of the Eagles. It was written by a guy named Jack Tempshin, who was sort of known for playing the folk scene in the acoustic cafe sets in San Diego. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. And he moved to Los Angeles in 1972, and Glenn Fry heard this song, and to Jack's great good fortune, the Eagles had just formed eight days earlier and were looking for material. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so Glenn Fry asked them if he could, if they could record the song, and they did. And of course, it made Jack Tempshin a huge amount of money. That's great. The song was produced by Glenn Johns, and it features the original four of the Eagles hmm. Glenn Fry on lead vocals and acoustic, Bernie on electric guitar, Randy on bass. Don on drums. And again, it's just peaceful, easy feeling. That is that is the Eagles. It's nice that after eight days they still had the original lineup. That's true. And I know you won't let me down. It's one of those acoustic guitar songs that anyone can play pretty quickly after getting chords and strumming patterns yeah. right and that's why it's so great it's because it's so universally attainable you don't have to play licks like some of the eagle stuff has some serious licks in it this is just like oh, yeah. straight up strumming i just want to give a, a shout out to don henley singing drummer we always 
We always have <laughs> Right? Drummers that sing, it's a special thing. Special. It is. You guys have, have done a lot of, in your musical careers, something tells me you guys have covered more than one Eagles song in your time together. Yeah, Rich and I were in a band together many moons ago. We were an acoustic duo in 2001. That's right. <laughs> Crushed the East Coast in white chocolate, his van. That's right. <laughs> that was many moons ago. <laughs> I'm not sure we ever did an Eagles night, but we've definitely, I mean, I play Peaceful Easy Feeling every once in a while. I get this also, nice harmonies too, right? That's one of their signatures. They were great harmony vocalists. And right now, listen. What makes the Eagles great, in my opinion, is the oohs and ahs. Because <laughs> live, there's six people singing. Oh, wow. And so you get three-part harmony, but you also get the three-part ooh-ah track oh, wow. in so many of their songs. It's very rare that that many people sing. That's a great pick. It is a gem. It's a gem. All right. Clint, you're up. I'm up? Yeah. Okay. Well, my choice is already gone. And this is also written by Jack Tension and also co-written by Rob Strandlin and produced by Bill Simzak. So this is 1974. It was the third album called On the Border, and it was track one off the record. The first two records were produced by Glenn Johns, and they're very country influenced, and they're very lush, and they're very slick, right. and they're very super duper produced, and they're like, it's got that Glenn Johns sound, that reverby, big monster sound. And they just fought with them all the time because the, the band didn't have any control over what their records were sounding like, which is very frustrating. Hmm. So eventually they were recording in London. They eventually just got real pissed and left and went back to LA and hired Bill Simzak. And they just wanted a more rock thing and, and they weren't getting that through Glenn John. So this is that, this track actually has a little bit of that country tinge, but it's also got a little bit more cojones than previous studio albums of theirs. Just So that guitar lick right there, that's Don Felder. And Don Felder had joined the band, well, during this recording process. Wow. Because uh, Bernie left, and so Don is the one who replaced him. Don went on to just co-write some of the biggest hits in music history. This. This solo? Yeah, it's, it's Glenn Fry. And Don Felder. Trading off, right? Yeah. Two guitar attack. 
Two Guitar Tech, rarely seen. So the thing about this song is Jack Tempson sent a tape to Glenn Fry in the mail. You know, he's he's just counting his money sitting in his luxurious house, <laughs> being like, boy, if I could have another one of those. So and Glenn Fry the tape. And Glenn Fry's like, yeah, I like this one. So <laughs> a gold twist. So let that be a lesson to you. Wow. Don't keep yeah, songs yeah. for yourself necessarily, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta uh sometimes you gotta share the love. So this this song peaked at number 32 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is, you know, respectable, but not one of their biggest hits, but it's personally one of my favorites. Did we just hit a key change? Is that my imagination? I didn't hear one. No, I think it's just a... That's just a... I didn't hear any modulation, but... It seemed like it went up, but it might just be drummer's ears. Did you guys just do an episode about modulations? Like the best modulations? Yes, we did. There's some good <laughs> ones, too. We may have gotten a little too inside baseball for, for some people, but... Oh, well, wait until you hear our Talk Talk episode, and then you'll know what too far <laughs> deep into the theory sounds like. That's my choice for maybe not the greatest, but one of my faves... Okay, I think it's my turn, Billy. It's your turn, Waldron. Fire away. Let's go. I hope you guys like the song Take It to the Limit. Oh, so much. I'm surprised because all of your picks were not in my top two list. No, so some of them were lower in my list, but I was, I was thinking we were going to like have the same top two or three songs and we don't. So did I. Bill and I have an argument a lot about whether music is too fast or too slow, and I like it when it's slower and Billy likes it when it's a little more up-tempo because he's not as old and tired as me. <laughs> now, Clint, do you count this in 6-8? I would say it's six eight, yeah. and yet the chorus I hear is three four. I totally six eight. I think I'm with you, Waldron, and I. Clint and I talk all the time about there's something really special about six eight. For whatever reason, it gets right to my right to my soul. Me too, man. But listen, listen to the chorus beat. It, it almost goes to a waltz. It is a waltz. You're right. The, the chorus is in 3-4. Yeah, <laughs> which is odd. That's interesting. But only for a second. But only for like a couple bars. One of the reasons I love this song so much, I love this line here. Spend all your time making money. You can spend all your love making time. Wow. And one of the reasons I love that line so much is that if they chose to suck, like Jeff Simons said, like it would be a lot easier just to say you can spend your 
uh, time making money, you can spend your money making time. But instead, he makes it into a triangle. And you can't... Like, of those things, time, money, and love, like we colloquially say, spend and make for all of for all of those except for we don't ever say love. spend your love right mm-hmm. and they use that and i think it's kind of a nifty little line there are some sneaky poetic lines in right. their catalog yeah. Isn't there something about this is why the original bass player quit? Because of this song? Something about, yeah, because it was so high. And he was like <laughs> passing out or something. I swear, <laughs> the end of this song, he's singing so high. It's like, in a, it's like dog whistle high. I like the simple fill. This part, listen. There's a higher one. There's something very old rock and roll about the changes. Yeah, you're right. It's it's got like a a nostalgia to it that it's, there is. Yeah, there's a nostalgia like a, to it. Yeah. There's that high note. That high note. That's him. I literally think he quit the band because of that. (laughs) (laughs) That could be false, but might not be. It's definitely falsetto. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's amazing, Bill. All right, these were all good picks. These are all good picks, but I'm going to now tell you. Uh-oh. I'm now going to jump in here and give you my pick. My my pick for the okay for for a song that I think we need to listen to is "Life in the Fast Lane," and I want to say before it starts, we, you know, we all like songs that build in different ways. This is a song where the drum part builds, and you'll hear it in a moment. But it starts with the bass drum, and then the snare drum comes in, and later you start hearing the sizzle with the hi hat. But I love the way this song starts. So just Listen to that as you start it off. Billy has a problem where he'll listen to one bass drum note instead of this amazing guitar intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can enjoy both. But I'm going to talk about the drum part because I know you'll talk about the guitar part. Well, it's funny because we. This is the first time we've mentioned Joe Walsh, right? And that's Joey Walsh doing that lick. Yeah. At the beginning, he did it in rehearsal. It's a great. It's a great little lick. Who's singing? Do you guys know? This is Don Henley singing. That's Don. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It sounds like the same grain in Boys of Summer, right? Yeah. Like, remember listening to this thinking oh my god what a world they live in and i was like 12 or 13 and had no idea like 
you, you didn't know what life in the fast lane was. It sounds like cocaine. It does. It does. Like in a weird way, like it sounds like 70s LA cocaine. I don't even know what that means, but. Yeah, and, and I had no basis for that. This is, Jeff Simon said something similar to, than that. You know, he sounds like driving north on the 405 with the top down, just high off your ass like cocaine. Right. Yeah. Laurel Canyon business. Laurel Canyon business. Screeching around the curves of Laurel Canyon. The drums, the drums cut out like it's just kick snare in the chorus. Totally. And also, I don't know if you noticed that, but in the part where it, there's a part that like talks about them being good in bed, right? And it's right where yeah. you start hearing like the disco. Nice. <laughs> Obviously planned. I love that. This is the reference that uh, Clint made earlier. Don Henley recalled that the song actually sprang from the opening guitar riff. One day at rehearsal, Joe Walsh just busted out that crazy riff. And I said, what the hell is that? We've got to figure out a, how to make that a song. They did a good job. This is a great song. It's so rocking. It's also got multiple sections. Yeah. In the way that like Welcome to the Jungle has multiple sections. It's like all yeah. these different little guitar interludes that they play the same. Totally. It's not like they're improvised. They're like night after night they play these. This song I do have a story about how he came up with it. So, Glenn Fry, uh, he was in his car. He was in a car, not his car. He was riding on the freeway <laughs> with a drug dealer known as the Count. And <laughs> Fry got all freaked out. He's like, tells the guy to slow down, slow down. And the guy's response was, what do you mean? It's life in the fast lane. <laughs> and that's where he got the lyric. It's great. Amazing. You know, is it me or this song seem like it could have been a Steve Miller song? Very much. I was thinking about Steve Miller so much when I was listening to this. (laughs) Same. I was going to ask if there was like a producer in common or an engineer in common or anything. It's quiz time. Okay, I've got... (laughs) It's just a question. It's not a quiz. It's a poll. It's a poll. If you're required to listen only to Eagles songs for the rest of your life, you get only the entire Eagles catalog or Fly Like an Eagle by Steve Miller. (laughs) Just the song or the album? The album. I I would say over Fly Like an Eagle, yes. But Steve Miller's greatest hits... (laughs) Oh, you'd rather have that? Oh, wow. Clint, Clint and I are, have discovered a, a shared love of Steve Miller, especially of Steve Miller's greatest hits. And we've had his drummer on our podcast. And right. we're actually hoping to do a show with him later this year. Yeah. And this guy, yeah. Gary Malibur, played the drums on all those great Steve Miller records. But he also played on on the first four or five really meaningful van morrison records he played on moon dance and he played on some like you know songs of van morrison that that if you don't know maybe you wouldn't know them but songs like 
um, cleaning windows that just has the slinkiest groove. Oh, that anyway. is the best tune. Nice. Is that on Moon Dance? No, no, it's a couple records, a couple records later, but okay. But that I've always loved that groove, and then I just found out that Gary Malibur played it. Yeah, crazy. That's cool. Who's? Am I going next? Yeah, you are. You are. This is what you think is their very best song. Oh, unless it's already been picked by somebody else. Well, then I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with "Take It Easy." Okay. Which which is a song that I I do love, and it's a song written by Jackson Brown, and with Glenn Fry. The word "easy" is a great word to harmonize against too. Huh. <laughs> is it because it's got the... the e sound? Is it is an easy. It's accurate. You can make it real accurate. You can make that sound really accurate and on pitch. Yeah. And the line he had standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona, and Glenn Fry chimed in and said, such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. Okay. Who's singing the harmony in that left ear there? Do, do you know? Because that's amazing. I I don't know. I I think it's Randy. Here, I'll go back. Yeah, that's really nice. I don't know if I've ever really heard that before. I haven't either. That's amazing. Besties, put on your headphones so you can hear it too. You got to wear headphones to hear some of these things. 2013 remaster. That could be the. That could be why. Right. The personnel for this: Glenn Fry on acoustic guitar and lead vocals, Bernie on lead guitar, banjo, and harmony vocals, Randy on bass and harmony, Don Henley on drums and harmony. But there's something about that line. It's a girl, my lord, on a flatbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. That I think does capture what Jeff hates about this band, which is there's something <laughs> yeah. very like self gratifying or or self um, like self promotional or self conscious, self loving, self aggrandizing. Yeah, it's like the self absorption factor. Yes. banjo that's some fun that's some earl struggs right i mean there's not a lot of hits from this era that had banjo in them oh we got it easy listen to those harms man the harmonies are so good <laughs> just going for it nice pick rich uh it's my pick now, and I am going to pick the greatest <laughs> Eagles song because I'm allowed yes. to because it made yes. it. And there's really only one choice for this, and that, in my opinion, is the title track from their fifth album, Hotel California. 
how many slow dances at the end of the middle school dance? Yeah, it's like guess how many like you know jelly beans are in the jar? Yeah, all of them. So this this riff right here was written by Don Felder by himself. He wrote the majority of the instrumental track, demoed it, and then brought it to the other guys. So Don Hanley and Glenn Fry were the, the major lyricists of the band. And this was the first song for this record that they wrote. And they kind of wanted to create a concept album right. based on this concept. And so they, you know, they each drove around the desert and got weird in California for inspiration. But they wanted to feel a little creepy. What a story, though. You know, it's... <laughs> it really appealed to me when I was a kid because this story is so bizarre and and fun. Also, it's slow, so you can like go with it and like picture it. And it, there's it's 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 like a circle of fifths. It's not, but it, right. it gives you that same sense of like that it just keeps rolling on. Yeah. And have you guys heard the Gypsy Kings version of this? I have not. Oh, yeah. In Lebowski. It's incredible. Oh, is it in Lebowski? Yeah, yeah. I have heard that. Yeah, it, if it's the one from Lebowski, it's amazing. When they're bowling, when the Jesus is bowling. Yeah. Oh, and there's also a reggae guitar part. So this this won the Grammy in 1977 for Record of the Year. And... was ranked 49 on the list of 500 greatest songs of all time by Rolling Stone. Welcome to the Hotel California. Such a it was named one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. And the, the guitar solo at the end, which we're about to get talking about, it was voted the greatest guitar solo of all time by the readers of Guitarist Magazine in 1998. <laughs> wow, in 1998. It was ranked number one in the list of the best 12-string guitar songs of all time by <laughs> Guitar World Magazine, which is kind of awesome. And it, it, they're right. It is. It's, it, it, when I think of 12-string, I think of the intro to this song. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but they just can't. And will forever. I mean, it just defines yeah. the whole thing. But the, the, the magic of this song is that there's so many of those little guitar nuggets in between the lyrics yeah. that as a budding guitar player, when you learn those classic, classic guitar licks, you can check out
this is the ground zero song for that. This is like bending the two to the three and hitting the five with a pinky. Like there's moves that you do as a guitar player and they're, every one of them is in this song. Right. There's so many. You describe this song as like a masterclass for you. It is for my, for me personally. Do you remember like how old you were when you learned that solo? Was that like high school, college, middle school? It was Grift 2005. In fact, it's on YouTube. Did you guys play this uh, harmonized solo note for note, or did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Note for note. It's That's like, and I was cool, young at the Nectar show. That's like 20 years ago. <laughs> Here's another interesting part about that part of the song right there. This part, the harmonized part, Joe Walsh wrote this part and got no credit. Oh. Which is interesting. It's such a major part of the song. Totally. You could maybe make the argument, oh, he's just arpeggiating against the chord changes that are pretty straightforward, you know, that's why two to five or whatever. But it's that harmony. It's just perfect. That's what a great song. What a great song. I can I can tell you I left that song for you, Clint. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, and, and and me too. Like I knew I knew you were gonna pick it. Yeah. It just is such a gem to me. I used to say this was my favorite song. Like if you were like, Hey Bill, what's your favorite song? I'd be like, I took California. Definitely. You know, like <laughs> I put it on every mix I made when I was in middle school, you know? Yeah. And I remember I took guitar lessons and I went to my guitar teacher and I was like, I want to learn how to South California. And he was just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And like, I think it was like, either he couldn't do it or he didn't think I was up to it or right. both. I don't know. Well, and I was just like, Oh, okay. And instead, like I learned something else, but I, and then became a drummer. Yeah. <laughs> if he it's only like, would have, it's a shame, Billy, because this has F sharp in it. And I know that that's yeah, your favorite F-sharp chord. And uh, I, re- I only remember that because it was the it was the guitar song that caused me to learn how to play a bar chord. Right, I needed to play wow. F sharp to get this. Can't song. play it. Yeah, right. B minor too. I mean, it's it's no joke. Bill, did did I just hear you say that your favorite chord is F sharp minor? That is my favorite chord. It's an F sharp major in this case, Billy. I absolutely love F sharp minor. <laughs> it, it became my favorite chord. Learning one of those sad dad back songs on uh right sea change yes might have been sea yes. change yeah. all right Waldron well here's the problem you guys so and I, I I texted Billy earlier to tell him that I had this problem which is that I keep switching my number one and number three songs around I just, <laughs> take it to the limit was my number two song no matter what and I'm gonna switch it back Billy mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with one of these nights. Okay. Great. Yes. That means I don't have to because I was done. Oh, no. <laughs> he pipped me. The other candidate was going to be I Can't Tell You Why, which I love. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that whole album, uh, but I'm going to go with one of these nights instead. I like the album The Long Run a lot. 
If I had been hosting and I had the privilege of naming their very best album, I probably would go with Hotel California, but I think the long run would be a like a dark horse contender for that. I don't hate that album. No. There's a lot on it to love. I want you guys with your guitar ears to tell me if you think that the little staccato guitar chord in your left ear is a little flat. hear it more in the intro and i think that probably it's, yeah it's yeah. not flat but i can hear i can hear what you're saying i'm just a homunculus drummer i can't don't ask me what <laughs> what's great about this song is the guitar play yeah there's so much back and forth yeah because there's the stab but then he's like brown brown that thing <laughs> they've got that you know like slide up the fretboard on yeah. both the guitar and the bass, and the bass. And this is, yeah uh yeah. And that's one of those things that we always talk about is like the song is the song and then the production is the the next piece of it, right? Like right. I wonder if that bass line, which is the basis of the whole tune, I wonder if that was written first or if that was a part that was written for the song that was already written. Well, you you know that a, a cool bass line can frequently be the you know, the beginning of an amazing tune, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's got a little bit of the, there's so many guitar, like on those, the harmonized guitar part, a little Brian May-ish, like, <laughs> like stacked guitars. Right. Mm -hmm. Really nice harmonies in here, yeah. including some ooze. That's great tone. That's great tone. <laughs> but listen to how many guitars are going right now. <laughs> Including the little high staccato thing I was talking yeah. about. That's your fourth yeah. one, I think. Up there too. Yeah. Yeah. This is sending the bassists out the door. Anyway, one of these nights. Love it. You know, this is such a pleasure talking about all these different songs with you. I don't really want to pause it that the next one I'm going to pick is their very best. I don't think it is, but because we've picked some of the ones I was going to pick. I'm going deeper in my list. And so we're going to listen to Desperado. Desperado Why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences For so long now I'm sad now that I didn't pick something from the long run because I do love a lot of those songs. I just, none of them are... My number one or two pick. I had the long run on my list in case one of you guys nabbed my song. I guess just 
you know, not really talking about the music so much as like the content of the lyrics of the song in this one. I thought it was like, I'm interested if you think this one sounds self-indulgent. I think it definitely sounds self-reflective or at least like someone telling themselves, you've got to get your shit together. You know, that, that's sort of what I took away from it. And that emotional impact register was, it was like, come on, it's time to stop being a donkey ass. Grow up. Put away your guitar, start playing piano. <laughs> Got a little bit of a Simon Garfunkel uh, hmm. bridge. Yeah, bridge, bridge over, over trouble. trouble over a little bit, like, right? Yeah. It does. It does. Is it that piano? Like yeah. quarter notes. Strings come in here too. Hmm. Freedom. Oh, freedom. Well, that's just some people talking. Is this like super cheesy? I mean, like, is this like Max Eagle's cheese? Yeah, but it might be, but like, why it, not it lean is. into that, right? It is now looking back. Don't you feel? There's, this is no different than Adele releasing mm. that Bob Dylan song, mm-hmm. right? It's the same concept. It's like in all this rock music, we're going to l- release a, an acoustic piano song mm-hmm. that's going to hit the charts, you know? So, yes, it's cheesy now. But I, I think it's an amazingly well-written song. I've heard Glenn Fry say that when when he was writing it, or or when Henley was writing it, he was thinking sort of Ray Charles. It may be raining, but there's a rainbow above you. And it's it does when you think about it in those terms, it, it has like a Ray Charlesy vibe. Yeah, it has a little, it has like a gospel chorus or a soul chorus, right? Let somebody love you. That's a good call. I won't fight you. I like that song a lot. So, I mean, we've talked about eight songs. Do we want it? Yeah, Billy. Do you, is it decided for the for the Eagles or Eagles? So, hey, Clinton Rich, I want to invite you guys to make the proclamations. And what that means is you get to say decisively what is the very best song and album by Eagles. Well, Hotel California is one of the best-selling albums of all time. Certified 26 times platinum in the U.S. And sold over 32 million copies worldwide, making it the band's best-selling album after their greatest hits, 1971 to 1975, which is amazing that they had a bigger album, but that's their biggest studio record. Uh Therefore, I can say with great assurance that Hotel California is their very best album. And Rich, what would you say for their very best song? I mean, Hotel California is an epic. I mean, it's an epic in the way that like Stairway to Heaven is an epic. Totally. It's hard to deny the genius and brilliance of that song it's interesting that you mentioned stairway because i think of those two songs sort of as like cousins partly because they were the songs that dances ended with right like the slow dance song at the end of the whatever forever anyway that's great 
That's great. The difference between those two songs, though, Stairway to Heaven was, as you say, the song that ended all grade school and high school dances, right? But there was that moment when the song rocked out, right? Where you were like, hey, what do you do? I, what, I don't know what to do here. That's when like, you got to keep slow dancing through it, man. No, you get with your boys. You ditch the girl and you get with your boys. You headbang in a circle. Say, see you later, baby. Totally. Yeah. See you at the after party. I'll be back for Hotel California. Guys, can, can I just thank you so much for doing this? I mean, I, the whole idea for this started as sort of a, a joke idea. I was like, let's do Eagles and get uh, Rich and Clint to come in and do it. And the fact that it actually happens is so amazing. And I just want to thank you both so much for, for coming on and doing this. It's so much fun. We love their very best. And, and it's just so fun to talk to you guys about music. Yeah, thanks for having us. When Waldron proposed that we do this podcast, I was like, well, are you sure? Like, you should check out this podcast over here. I pointed to you guys because (laughs) that's what he did. Like, he was like, "Uh, no way I'm doing this. Listen to these guys. They're good good at this. (laughs) It's just really fun to talk about music. For sure. So fun. So fun, you guys. We're going to do more of these. So beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron. And I'm Bill. Thanks for listening to Their Very Best.